Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Bulletin. Jamie Wall is on the, the bulletin for us this morning. Jamie, good morning to you. I'll just start, if I can, with a, a couple of uh, texts because uh, it's one of the things we wanted to talk to you about. Uh, we're talking about Bowden Barrett here. You might want to give Bodie the, ch- uh, the chance in the black jersey, but is it worth it, especially with the calibre of players we have in and around the position he plays? Uh, when was the last time in a match finished and you said to yourself, wow, what about Bowden Barrett? To be honest, a lot of uh, the time these days, it's the opposite. He cannot uh, keep being judged on how good he was five years ago. We are serious underdogs for this World Cup and can't afford any dead wood. Yet Goose comes in, that was from Jared, Goose comes in, Jamie, and said DC was in bad form going into the last World Cup, but performed when it mattered at the World Cup. So Bowden Barrett, after seeing the performance of uh, those two players, uh, Mackenzie and Mwanga at the weekend, on the big match, on the big occasion, where do you sit with Bowden Barrett? Yeah, good morning, Smithy. Um, yeah, that's a good question, actually, because if you look at the last couple of weeks and the semi-finals and the final, it really did shape up like a bit of a trial for, for the all-black team uh, jersey. And I think Richard Malone has definitely done enough to to sort of put that debate uh, to, to rest. Uh, I think at some stage, DMAC might be getting a run there uh, just to kind of, so they can have a look at their options. But when it comes to Bowden, like, yeah, I, the I, the fallout from that semi-final loss and just how bad it was and just how comprehensively smashed the Blues were uh, in that game um, and, and not just not just regarding Bowden Barrett either but like that whole team and organisation, it, it feels like it's kind of set them back like quite a bit and, and with it is Bowden's reputation itself. He's not in any danger of getting dropped, I can, I can tell you that much, like he's going to be a part of it but I think that I mean to to answer those what the correspondents have been have been saying like there's probably a bit of an uphill battle now for him to be in the in the top match day 23 uh, because right now you know Richie will be starting at 10 it's it's likely that um, uh, McKenzie will either be at fullback or, uh, or in the at 23 with Jordan um, starting I mean there's a lot of options. Uh, that are there, uh, and you'd, you'd have to think that going back to the old Richie at ten, uh, Bowden at fullback, because really that's the only place that Bowden can can start in the All Blacks right now, um, would be a real uh, a really odd situation um, for the All Blacks, considering that's exactly what they were doing four years ago, and then look how look how that turned out. Yeah, very very interesting. You're right there. Um, I, I'm averse to writing him off. I, I, I am because I, I can see I know what he does on big occasions, and and I just wonder about the physicality of his game at the moment and where that is. But uh, let's uh, let's take a look back at uh, the Super Rugby final at the weekend. Uh, seven in a row Crusaders um, and the Chiefs, to a large degree, people are saying architects of their own demise. You've got to keep 15 players on the field against the Crusaders. 
Yeah, I 100% agree with that. They that Before the Chiefs or their supporters go start pointing the fingers at the refs, they should probably have a look in the mirror because you can't play a game against the Crusaders for half an hour with 14 players and expect to win it. Um, they almost did. I'll give them that. It was still, at times, a very good performance from the Chiefs. Uh, but you can't possibly give a team like the Crusaders that many that many chances because if you look at the two yellow cards uh, that were given out they um, to Jacobson and Kane, uh, it took the Crusaders a matter of seconds to get Cody Taylor over the line from a five-man line-out. And that's exactly what they were trying to do, the Crusaders, uh, all along. And then the Chiefs kind of fell into their into their trap, uh, really. And they and they really should have known better. And and the, and the worst thing about it for me is that all three guys that got Simbund are all blacks. And one of them's the captain. And if that's the way you're going to uh, turn out in a big game, like a, a game that's got a lot riding on it, then that's got me worried about what, what's going to happen for the rest of the season because that should not be happening. Uh, it really shouldn't. Um, I, I don't know at to what degree that the Crusaders got into the referee's head. I mean, to, to be perfectly honest, apart from that ridiculous board pass, uh, there wasn't really too much that could be complained about. Um, ben O'Keefe was pretty strict at the breakdown, but he was consistent. Uh, it just felt like because the Chiefs fell behind in the penalty count early, I think it was 6-0 at one stage <clears throat> mm. uh, to the Crusaders um, that led up to, I think, um, the first try. Uh, that that got the crowd pretty incensed. And then because there was a forward pass that everybody in the whole stadium could see, apart from the officials, uh, that, got, that got brushed off, um, I feel like that's why, you know, the the mood the mood of the place turned really quickly uh, at the end. Um, but really, when you have a look at those yellow cards, uh, Jacobson's one was was fifty fifty. Well, I'll give it that. Like, uh, it, I think he was uh, probably that was more a result of the fact that they had they were under a warning, and you know he, there wasn't going to be any margin of error uh, when it came to going for a turnover in that in that situation. Um, but again, it, it shouldn't have come down to that, you know, like there should have been more um, gears in the brain working on his part to be like, well, I probably shouldn't go for this uh, if there's any sort of um, possibility at all of, of, of a penalty and a yellow card. And, and that's exactly what happened. And then Sam Kane's one as well, exactly the same. And, and there's no complaints about that. There was a clear uh, penalty and therefore a yellow card because they were under, under um, a warning again. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, taking, taking all of that as well, you, you have to end the Crusaders. Like, they 100% took their moments and, and, and completely deserved uh, to win. And I think that the, um, the way that they just clinically kind of picked them apart and, 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 and had a plan for exactly that w- what happened as in penalty, yellow card, line out, go to the back, try. Like, the fact that it worked so perfectly for them is just, just goes to show how much meticulous planning had gone in, gone in there. It's pretty hard to deny uh, seven titles in a row as a coach. I mean, I can't think of many sports played professionally where that has been the, the, the case, this kind of dominance. Where does, that, um, where does that make Scott Robertson in terms of a domestic rugby coach uh, before he takes on the big mantle? Is he the greatest ever domestic rugby coach? 
Well, you definitely the best super rugby coach ever because if it just comes down to numbers, like how many do you win? Uh, and he's won more than anyone else. And he's also mm. he's also never lost. That's the other crazy thing about it is that he's he's only he's only ever won. Uh, so when you're talking about predictions last week, I remember I got asked by a few people, mm. you know, who you, who are you picking? And I'm like, well, I'm I'm going to pick the Crusaders. It's probably going to be pretty close. Uh, and and they said, well, you know, the Chiefs are at home, and you know they've had a really great season. But it's like, yeah, but look at the history. This is what the Crusaders do when they get to finals; they win them. So that's that's a really again, it goes back to planning and and vision by by Robertson. And uh, you know, it was uh, it was something that was was great great to see that he could walk out, um, you know, with with this the script uh, finishing. You know, with them riding off into the sunset, onto the onto the next challenge. You know, because the next challenge is a whole different story. You know, the things are going to be very different when he takes over at the All Blacks next year. It's not going to, you know, things aren't always going to go his way like they have at the Crusaders. I mean, they might, um, but you know, that remains to be seen. But you can just put a bow on this and and just say, well, you know, that's the greatest ever stint of coaching we're we're ever going to see at this level. Have you had a chance to cast your eye over Eddie Jones's first full Wallaby squad? I mean, there you'd have to be very um, au fait with all squads, uh, all personnel in Australian rugby to know a lot of these names. There's a lot of unfamiliarity about it. Yet there's still your Michael Hooper as uh, as a, a co-captain, um, along with James Slipper. Then you've got Quade Cooper back there headlining the backs. Uh, have you had a, a decent look at it? Yeah, I have. I have. I, it's to be fair, the the only real, really massive surprise in here is that Ben Donaldson uh, has made it, and and uh, instead of Bernard Foley, uh, which sort of leads me to believe that Eddie's leaning towards Quade Cooper to be his his starting ten. Um, there is a chance for Carter Gordon, who had a pretty good season for the Melbourne Rebels, um, but the fact that Donaldson's come in off what was a pretty flat. Um, season for the war in a, in a in a pretty flat Waratahs team, um, and and left Foley on the outer means that Eddie's trying to head in a in a in, a, in one direction. I wouldn't call it a new direction because Quade Cooper's thirty five and there's nothing new about about him at all. Uh, but I think that what he's trying to do is unlock the potential of his midfield, which is which is actually really strong. You know, you've got Lalika Fakiti and Len Akitao right now, who I, I would probably rate as better than any um, combination the All Blacks can, can put out. Um, and, you know, he's got a good good halfbacks inside him and Tate McDermott and Ryan Lonigan. So, you know, as long as he can devise a game plan to suit those guys, uh, the Wallabies are always going to be able to put out 15 decent players at any one time. They're going to have issues uh, up front. They've got, you, you mentioned that, you know, there's a bit of an experience in, around the type five that's going to be an issue as usual uh, for them. You know, like they're going to have they're going to have problems up front. They've got two uncapped guys in, um, in the front row, so that's probably an area where the All Blacks will target. But like I said, there's going to be um, you know they're going to be able to put out a decent fifteen um, at any one time. So that that game uh, in Melbourne is going to be really interesting. I think. Jamie, thank you very much uh, for being um, our subject on the bulletin today. Uh, thanks very much for your views. You have a terrific week. Cheers, mate. Thank you.